Hey everyone, this is Josh Peak. I'm the host of the Josh Peak Show, and in this episode, I interview Chance Leonard. Chance is a good friend of mine, a uh, successful businessman, comes from the wrestling world, and um, has done a lot for the uh, state of Oklahoma when it comes to wrestling. Um, you're really going to enjoy this interview. Uh, you really get to see how his success in wrestling parlayed over into business, and you know a lot of the same things that it takes to be successful in wrestling. Um, it, it, it parallels right into business. And so I know you're really going to enjoy this interview. I got a lot out of it, uh, not only hosting it, but being, you know, just being a listener as, as I'm uh, asking the questions. And you can see the internal burning desire that he's got, you know, that he possesses to be a successful uh, businessman. And so great family man. Um, and I think you're really going to enjoy this show. Thank you. Everyone, welcome to the Josh Peak Show. I got a good friend with me here, uh, Chance Leonard, and um, you know we interview entrepreneurs. and And one thing I try to do is interview entrepreneurs that have been in the wrestling world. and And so Chance and I have got to know each other uh, other over the last couple of years here. And uh, you know the work that he's done with the Oklahoma Regional Training Center and with the University of Oklahoma. So Chance, I'm, I'm glad you're on, and I appreciate you coming uh, on with me here. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. It's great to speak with you, and I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. So how are you enjoying Florida right now? You know, uh, um, the weather has been fantastic. I, I can't say that uh, it's comparable to Oklahoma because it, it definitely definitely stands out. But, you know, the to get into the wrestling world down here, um, it, it's not – nearly the type of priority that it is in Oklahoma. So it's an interesting dynamic to watch and hopefully um, may be able to uh, have some influence and impact on the wrestling world here in Florida. Well, that'd be good. There's some good wrestlers coming out of Florida, it looks like. Um, and so, yeah, but there's some, obviously we talked about there's some good jiu-jitsu. And, um, there is. Yeah, some Brazilians that have, that have made their mark in Florida. But So let's go ahead and get started. Um, so you grew up in Perry, Oklahoma. And, um, and, and you and your brother and your family. And, and so talk about that a little bit and, and kind of how you got started in, in wrestling. Yeah, you bet. You know, growing up in Perry, Oklahoma was a privilege. Um, I didn't really realize it at the time, as you can imagine, growing up mm-hmm. in a town of 5,000 people, it's, it's really small. Uh, there's not much to do, but the benefit of that is that it created focus. And so I grew up on a centennial ranch and the, the land in our family has been there, um, for over 120 years now, I believe. And I think it's 126, if I remember correctly. And so, you know, I, I really learned at an early age what work ethic and commitment were all about. And to be able to transfer that, um, work ethic over into my chosen sport of wrestling, uh, only, you know, help prepare what you know, success that I had because, um, you know, work ethic and wrestling go hand in hand, as we both know. And uh, I, I really do look back on that time um, with uh, uh, excitement uh, for what's to come and what it, what it helped the build, what it built, excuse me, in me and what it forged in me as a person um, to, to be able to transfer that and use that in my professional career now um, outside the sport of wrestling. 
That's I, cool. um, yeah. yeah. Well, so tell, I mean, obviously there's a pet, I mean, there's such a pedigree. It's almost like, I mean, in, in Perry, if, if you, if you don't win a state championship or, or even if you do win a state championship, it's just another trophy almost. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's almost expected, right? It definitely is expected, but it's sure not taken for granted. And, and yep. I think that's one thing that leads to the continued success of the program. You know, it's, it's one of the winningest high school wrestling programs in the country. And it has a national record, 43 state high school wrestling championships out of its 97-year history. And since 1961, the program has never gone more than two years without winning a state title. So if you wrestle all four years of high school, you know, you'll win at least two state championships as a team. Mm-hmm. And so to win it individually um, is, is very unique. Obviously, I think everybody strives to, to win a state championship uh at least one, if not, you know, to try to get the four. Believe it or not, when, when I was growing up, if I date myself here a little bit, there were only um, three four-time state champions at that time, Leonard Shelton, Cecil Beisel, and Kenny Monday. Wow. And so I graduated uh, the same year as Todd Chesbro, uh, who was a four-time state champion, and Kyle Roseboro, who became a four-time state champion, wrestled with me a year at uh, the University of Oklahoma before he moved on. And then Todd went on and was obviously successful at Oklahoma State. Um, and so that year, Keith Nix was actually knocked off uh, in the finals by um, Mike Bodley, who he and I were on the same team that wrestled in uh, Europe uh, that preceding summer. So the competition was, was still as tough then as it is now. And, um, it's unique to see how many state championships continue to be won uh, in Perry, Oklahoma. But, you know, Josh, I think it really boils down to um, the program truly being committed in a way um, that is humble um, and doesn't take any of, uh, of the state championships or the past success um, uh, for granted. And, you know, the community support is tremendous. You know, I spoke to uh, Dan Hodge last night. Yesterday was his birthday. He turned 87, and he still talks about growing up in Perry, Oklahoma. He's lived there all of his life, despite all the success that he's had. He could have lived anywhere. Um, and, you know, he, he's still talking about the Perry Wrestling Program. He's a legend. He's definitely a legend. You know, it's a small world because um, – Danny Hodge is good friends with uh, my my first business mentor, Cowboy Bill Watts, who had, had a pro wrestling oh, yeah. company and, and then went to the University of Oklahoma as well. Big yeah. University of Oklahoma fan, obviously. And um, I get his emails all the time about Oklahoma football. So uh, it, it is it's a small world. The wrestling world is a small world. And um, and Ronnie Dunks did a good job over there. I mean, I went to high school with him. He was a little bit younger than me, but um, yeah. he seems to be doing a pretty good job over at Perry. But so yeah. you went to you went to University of Oklahoma after graduation, right? I did. I did. I went to the Air Force Academy my, my, my first year, uh almost the entire first year, but um and then um I, I wanted to, to, to be an athlete in college and wanted to wrestle and uh came back to the University of Oklahoma. Awesome. Awesome. So where so let's talk about family a little bit. Then you and Joe, you how long have you guys been married then? It's uh, 15 years, actually. 
been so married for meet 15 at, years. Did you guys meet at the University of Oklahoma then? No, no, I'm actually quite a bit older. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we actually met in Dallas in uh, 2004. And mm-hmm. so we had both been uh, out of out of college since uh, 1992. And um, we met uh, there and she had moved. I had moved to Texas from Missouri and she had moved to Texas from Florida. Okay, cool. And so then and you guys have two boys. Have two boys. Yep, Luke and Ethan. Yeah, very blessed to have them. We're both carrying on and um, and doing um, taking part in the sport of wrestling now. And you know, the goal with them is is to, to give them an opportunity to compete, but most importantly, to have a, a way that they can learn these valuable character traits that are uh, the, the part of the process of that forging process that wrestling teaches. And so we hope that they are able to gain that, um, uh, from just to participating in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I know it definitely teaches that teaches the, the best qualities. So, so then parlaying wrestling into entrepreneurship, I mean, you've had, you've yeah. had quite a, quite a bit of success, obviously. And so how did, how, I mean, how did it parlay from wrestling? Then you obviously go right into, I mean, talk to talk to me about how you got started as a businessman, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, well, you know, I was very fortunate um, or unfortunate in some ways to have uh, come in contact with a lot of orthopedic surgeons during my wrestling career. I, I actually fractured a bone in my spine when I was 15 years old and um, caused me to miss the state tournament my my freshman year in high school. Uh, but through that and subsequent four spine surgeries afterwards, um, I, I really you know, got to know a lot of orthopedic and neurologic surgeons um, uh, around the, the U.S., and I, I started to work with a company. They suggested to me, actually, when I was in college, that I should look into a, a small company uh, called Synthes at the time, and um, it was an orthopedic trauma company, and from a personality standpoint, it was an exact match for me. Um, medical device sales is very, very competitive. You have to be an expert at what you do. Um, you have to be uh, what I have learned to be the four A's uh, of my uh, persona, and that is being available, being affable, being accountable, and being attentive to details. Um, if you do those four things well, and no matter what you do, you, I think you'll always be successful. But those four things carried me in the sport and excuse me, in my professional career because medical device sales was a lot like, uh, wrestling in many ways. Um, you know, the, the 24 hours a day, seven days a week on call is a grind and wrestling is a grind. You know, the, the, the sport of wrestling teaches you humility you know, when any given day, you know, you can be beaten by anybody. And, uh, um, you know, there were days in, in my professional career that, uh, you know, I lost to the competition on, on, on one day or another. Um, but the, the, the most important thing about it was just the responsibility and, and really transitioning that a step further into accountability. You know, there's a lot of people in this world now that don't want to be responsible for anything, and it's always going to be somebody else's fault. And we know the great thing that the sport of wrestling teaches you is that when you're one-on-one out in the middle of the mat, there's nobody else to blame. And you've got to step, you know, and toe the line 
um, and take responsibility. You, you get to do that if you win, and you get to do that if you lose. But if you can transition that further into accountability um, and be able to utilize that and harness it, you really do set yourself apart. And, um, and lastly, attention to detail. You know, I, I've learned a tremendous amount of wrestling moves um, over the years, but I've also learned a, a tremendous amount of uh, product and clinical knowledge as it relates to the human body and surgery and, you know, how that uh, developed into a career. And in my career, I've been in probably 30,000 plus orthopedic trauma surgeries. Um, and that, that required and necessitated me to be available, excuse me, be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There were our times when my wife and I were dating, we, we never go to the same car anywhere, um, because I would always get called out. And so, um, but I think really Josh, it boils back down to those character traits, you know, and, and learning to utilize what I learned in wrestling and applying it to the business world. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And it's amazing how many people that I meet in, that I know in the wrestling world, and I've also met that have went into medical cells uh, or medical device cells, or they under they are involved somewhat in kind of the same the same uh, industry that you're involved in. And it's yeah. amazing. I mean, it's here in Oklahoma. You know, obviously there's a, there's a lot of folks that what that were wrestlers and that are now in the medical space and um, and doing well. You know, I, there are been, yeah. You know, and the reason why, I'll tell you, as now, you know, being in the executive leadership side of my organization, it, we know what to look for, right? It's, it's, the, it's the character traits, the intangible qualities that set people apart. You know, I always get asked, you know, who do I like to hire? And, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, don't bring me your resume. Your resume is an opportunity to, to, to show the things that you've accomplished in the past, but guess what? It's all in the past. You know, the, the hunger is really important. The character is, is really, really important. The work ethic. You can't teach people to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You can't teach people to be on time. You know, um, it, it, it has to be expected, and, and people have to have learned to be molded into it. Um, and these companies out there, they've identified these quality and character traits that are important and, and lead to success, and they hire that first. I, that's always what I look for is, is those intangible qualities um, because they correlate and lead directly to future success. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that is true. I mean, it, it's, it, I mean, there's no question to be an entrepreneur, you, you have to have a burning desire and be self-motivated. And I think the same thing in wrestling as well. And I've asked that question to a lot of my friends that are, that are business owners. And that's what I was getting ready to ask you that, yeah. Overall, is is a wrestler the the most? I know not all, obviously, but the most wrestlers um, do they are they a good fit as a either an entrepreneur or at least as a as an employee? Do you do you look for wrestlers? I do. Um, now I think there's other sports and stuff that certainly can um, mimic the same sort of traits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that background is important, but, but I think the separation is really created by the fact that wrestling is a one-on-one sport and you have to take responsibility, uh, in order, you know, to win. I think there's been a, a quote that circulates around now that, you know, don't be upset about the results that you didn't get because of 
the lack of work that you put in. True. And, um, you know, wrestling is, is something that cannot be duplicated by any other sport because of not only the work ethic that you have to put in, but you have the discipline of, of limiting the amount of water intake and food intake in order to make weight. And, and that creates a separate class. You know, there's, there's only so many people that fall into the elite category. There's only so many of the people that fall into great. And, and there's only so many that fall into good. And a lot of those things are, are created by doing the right things right for an extended period of time. Um, you think about guys like Jordan Burroughs, who continues to be successful um, at, at the international level. Um, and I think that he continues to reproduce um, those quality traits. And I think if kids will look to that as an example and, and do those things, they'll, they'll be successful. But I think the last part about it too, Josh, is, is really hunger is so important. Mm-hmm. You cannot ever stop wanting to accomplish something mainly because you have the opportunity to do it. When yeah. you have an opportunity, if you don't, if you don't capitalize on it, somebody else will. And so you got to be hungry and recognize that that's, uh, that's extremely important. Well, that brings up, and this pops in my mind, I mean, so society where we're at today, it's almost like we have it, the polar opposites. Are, it's almost like becoming more and more divided where you hear so many people talking about the millennial group, the millennial class, whatever, uh, generation. And, yeah. you know, how, how well you know, they're, they're, they're always on their games or they're, they expect instant results or whatever. And, and I try not to buy into that because I see some millennials that are wrestling that have been extremely successful, but as a, as a whole, and I'm not just talking about millennials, but as a whole where society is, um, I mean, do you think we're getting softer uh, or do you think that, or maybe it's the, I guess in the, in the competitive sense, maybe the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer when it comes to, results, you know, coming down to hard work. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I personally believe that, that there, it is a bit of an epidemic um, yeah. because I think, I think there is lack of focus. You know, when I go back to, to my upbringing, you know, obviously we didn't have the devices that they came out with an Atari at that point in time, you know, but I never knew what I'm, what was missing because, you know, I was always finding something new to do, whether I was, you know, having to work on my ranch or having to truly, you know, exert myself in the sport of wrestling. And I think if kids would take their, themselves out of that environment and put themselves into to, to an environment to, to be able to, to look to accomplish something besides doing it, you know, on a phone or um, a video game, then they'll be able to to apply themselves um, and be able to achieve goals. And, and I get worried that the kids don't set goals for themselves uh, anymore. And, and, you know, obviously in the sport of, uh, of wrestling, you got to, you got to set a goal even just to make weight. Yeah. And, and I think it, it really does teach you a lot of things that uh, other sports are not going to, and they got to do it fast. Right. Right. Well, so the last question I have, speaking of that, I know you're really involved in, um, you're really involved in the regional training center uh, at Oklahoma. And so I guess a couple parts to that is, do you see that creating a pretty, it is creating an interesting environment, the regional training center, uh, the regional trainers, the training centers all across America, whether not just Oklahoma, but across the country. I, I mean, I personally think it's a good thing. 
the, what the regional yeah. centers are doing. I think it's going to create a better. We, I think we're already starting to see it. Like the results of. I mean, America. We're we're in a. I mean, we're we're doing good. I mean, we're, we have that. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt that the brilliance of the regional training center um, is is astounding. You know, we've seen the results and the output of putting a strategic plan in place and allowing it, you know, to come to fruition. And so, you know, I, I think one of the, the, the things that, that I love most about the Regional Training Center is that it exposes the, the younger generation who have aspirations, obviously student-athletes at the collegiate levels, uh, to be able to understand what next-level training is about what next-level goal-setting is about, what next-level competition is all about. And so that, you know, you never, ever stop understanding that you have a lot to learn, you need to be humble, and there's always somebody better that's waiting to take your place. And so what it does with our our collegiate programs and our younger kids um, is allows them to have a vision of the future but having the ability to be coached by some of the same great coaches that participated at the Olympic and international level on a daily basis with them when they're 10 years old, 11 years old. I mean, I had, I had Jack Van Bever that would come by every once in a while. Um, he was getting later, you know, in age when I was uh, graduating and going through high school, but, you know, Danny Hodge would be around, but, never had close proximity to have an Olympian training in the same room with you. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we've done that uh, under the, the guidance and leadership of Eric Guerrero, our head coach at the Oklahoma RTC and Lou Roselli is that we've also, you know, looked to ensure that we bring in the youth so that they see up close and personal what it's all about and, and set their goals high. That's one thing we talked a little bit about earlier is, you know, having kids set goals. When they see their heroes, people that they're, they're, they have an opportunity to, to sit by after practice and sweating with, you know, and lifting some extra weights and watching them do things in order to, to win gold and do it full time, you know, you can't replace that. You can't. And so all of these, these programs around the country see the value of it and the intimacy and relationship that's created through it. And hence, that's why we are going to have the possibility of having two, three world champions not make our Olympic team. You know, certainly there's a lack of weight or an influence on that, but somebody's not going to make it on the ladder. And to be a world champion and not be able to make the Olympic team is something that we've never had, you know, really in the past. Oh yeah, I mean, especially that sixty-five kilo weight—that is stacked. I mean, oh my gosh, that is a stacked weight. You know, we got some good wrestlers. I mean, some Oklahoma ties to that weight. Also, yeah, yeah I think fifty-seven as well. So, yeah, no, I mean, there's no question the results that I think we're, you know, we're reaping some good results as a country based on the the regional training centers all across the country. Yeah, I think it's I think it's phenomenal. And that's how I met you, obviously, is is through the regional training center. Yeah. But, um, I think it's great. I think it's great for the state of Oklahoma and, um, you know, and, and I, I just think it's going to continue to get better. So, so the last thing is, so, so what are you doing these days? I mean, you moved from Oklahoma to Florida. Um, what's your, what's your focus on yeah. these days? I am, um, actually, as I said uh, a little bit early in the executive leadership side of a company, 
I serve as uh, senior vice president of um, an organization that focuses on um, upper extremity trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, another example, I guess, of the availability side that I spoke about earlier as a character trait, um, I, I've moved seven different times in my professional career um, in order to, you know, capitalize on opportunity. And uh, this was very unique, and it was worth, you know, leaving the state of Oklahoma, um, where certainly have roots and family and tradition. Um, but the great thing about it is, you know, there's planes that, that get us everywhere you know, and, and able to travel and stuff. And so um, technology makes it a little bit easier to stay connected. Well, Chance, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, I want to reach out to you and ask you to come on. I appreciate you taking the opportunity and you and I getting to spend some time together. And um I, 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 I'm just, I'm appreciative. Well, I, I really do thank you for uh, having me and considering me a worthy guest. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, your, your audience that's listening um, continues to grow. And um, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk about some of these things that, uh, you know, in life that uh, carry over from, from the sport, carry over into entrepreneur. Uh, opportunities. You know, one of the things that I'm doing is is making a documentary film about my hometown. It's called The Price of Legacy. And I got to tell you, if it weren't for the things that I learned in wrestling, trying to take this on and, and doing a full-time career and raising a family and, you know, making a movie at the same time that's worthy of watching and, and representative of my hometown is is a challenging thing to do. But at the end of the day, it's still availability, affability, accountability, and attention to detail that drive it all. Well, before we get off, tell, tell us where, where we can, um, what's the link, or where, where can we go find that, the, the movie? Yeah, well, right now we haven't released it yet. We hope to release right before the start of the season in October of this year. So we're in the editing process now. Okay. Um, and so we're we're going through and pulling footage together and interviews together and, um, you know, we really want to make this a, a sport, not just about, you know, my hometown of Perry, Oklahoma and their wrestling program, but, you know, this really correlates to all wrestling programs across the country where you have, you know, the right number uh, of people involved, the right support from the community, um, the right coaching and, and the kids that go through the process, we want to, to show what the, the sport of wrestling can do and what it produces in people. And so you'll get to see that through the trials and tribulations of, um, you know, a, a particular season when that streak that I told you about was on the line uh, for the Perry Wrestling Program. And uh, you'll get to see what, what everybody went through and when we release it. But you can follow us now on all the social media sites on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram at Price of Legacy. Price of Legacy. Cool. All right. Well, Jan, yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you run. I appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, thank you. Hey, thanks so much, Josh. It was a privilege. All right. You have a good day. You too.